Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Are you ready to bring project-based learning to your school? The PBL Simplified Podcast will help equip you for your PBL journey with weekly need-to-knows, engaging interviews, PBL showcases from facilitators in the classroom, and PBL leadership episodes to move you towards a successful implementation of PBL. Because every learner deserves to be a part of an inspiring story, and we see daily that project-based learning helps make this happen. If you want me to answer your PBL need-to-know on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Welcome to the PBL Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stoyer with Magnify Learning. This is episode 99. 99 episodes. Thank you, listener, for tuning in for over four years of project-based learning talks. We've brought in principals, assistant principals, teachers, kids, solo. We've had two hosts when we opened up, Josh and Andrea. Absolutely lit it up to get it going and We took that momentum and kept it going. They have moved on because they're doing great things. They're now at the administration level and training full staffs how to bring project-based learning to kids. So we certainly wish them well and they're doing great things. But you've stuck with us on this podcast or some of you just jumped in and said, hey, what is project-based learning? And this is a go-to place to figure out what project-based learning is. You know, you can go to whatispbl.com to get some resources if you want. They're free. But we're also talking about leadership. This is a PBL leadership episode. So what we're doing is we're saying, hey, whatever leadership capacity you are, assistant superintendent, principal, coach, teacher, as you're in leadership and looking to bring project-based learning to your school, to your district, what are the moves you need to think about? What are the things you need to think about? In terms of implementation, that's the series we're in right now. What are the moves you need to make as far as resources? Who do you train first? Uh, And really, sometimes with the need to know at the beginning of each episode, wherever you want to take the conversation. Because, you know, you go to whatispbl.com and you can hit the Ask Ryan button and you can get your answer, your answers to whatever questions you have, just like you will today. You'll hear Aaron's question and we'll answer that about authenticity. So I want to thank you so much as a loyal listener for getting us to episode 99. We're almost going to hit that 100 mark. We'll do that next week. Obviously, on Wednesday, it will come out because these episodes come out every Wednesday. And we're going to have Carmen Coleman on the show. I'm giving my teaser away right away. I'm supposed to do that at the end. But Carmen's going to be on. And she was chief academic officer, if you don't know Carmen, of the largest district in Kentucky. She's done deeper learning with uh, University of Kentucky, NextGen. Uh, she's down in OVEC now. She's got an education cooperative that she's leading d- deeper learning through. She is an all-star, and you are going to love the conversation that I have with her. So make sure you tune in for that Century episode, the 100th episode of PBL Simplified. Again, thank you, loyal listener, for getting us there. Today on episode 99, we're going to be talking about how you're bringing in project-based learning strategically, probably over three or four years, so that it sticks, so it's sustainable, 
And this has been an ongoing series. So you want to go back, look at the PBL leadership episodes. There's two a month and really dive into the whole process strategically of bringing PBL to your school or your district. Today, we're talking about how you bring in the professional development opportunities. And you say, well, I thought that's what where you started, but we want you to start in a little bit different place. We want you to start with the research. So we did two episodes on the research around project-based learning, all the benefits there. We talked about building your PBL knowledge as a leader. Then we talked about building a PBL core team or a leadership team that starts the grassroots movement of this. So it's not just top down, hey, y'all, I think you should do this because it's good for kids, have a good time. It's how do we get people on board so that their passion is driving this work? And it's not just your passion as one person driving the work. You know, if multiple people innovating, multiple people passionate about this work and developing a leadership team has been a proven model to do that. So today, now we start to get into the professional development opportunities. And we've got three ways to look at that today. But before we get into our main episode, I'm going to talk about our need to know for today. Our need to know for today is, from your experience, our actual concurrent problems, as an example, fresh water and refugee camps, more effective than plausible hypothetical situations, such as creating fresh water on Mars. This is a great question that Aaron brings, because you could see that there's ways to innovate in both of these, these unit ideas, right? You could create a project-based learning unit around either one. But the question is, which one is more effective? Which is more effective? We find the authentic problem is always more effective. It's always more engaging because there's the real world aspect to it. There's something about, yeah, it's cool to be on Mars. We'll look at Elon Musk. We'll do some neat things. We'll compare. We'll present. But are we really going to do that? Like, is that really going to happen? What's the end result of that? The engagement level for a project like that versus a problem that can truly be solved locally, like in the episode that you would have heard last week where you had uh, second graders solving freshwater problems, literally this example that Aaron gives, they're super engaged. So if you need to prove that, go back to episode 98. They were fired up. The kids run the show. It was super good. But the authenticity also does another piece beyond engagement is it creates complexity that you just don't have in a simulated problem. Simulated problems tend to be clean. Well, in the real world, real world problems aren't clean. Right? They have issues, there's complexity, and then you have to think more critically. You have to think, is this answer right? And if it's a simulated problem, you typically look like, well, is it a round number? Yeah, it's probably right. But when you get into the messy real world piece, it's like, oh man, I have no idea. Let's go back and look at our systems, think critically about it, solve some problems to figure out if we're going in the right area. And when you're looking at an authentic problem, you have community partners that are doing that work right now that can verify that the work your learners are doing is real, it's rigorous, and it can benefit the community right now. And I think for me, that's starting to be one of the bigger reasons for authentic problems. At Magnify Learning, we've always said our secret sauce is the authentic problem. We don't teach scenario projects in our trainings. In three days, you build a PBL unit for your subject area and your grade area. Now, we're going to push you towards an authentic real world problem to solve because of the engagement, because of the complexity, 
The other thing that we want you to do is we want you to bring the why for your learners closer to their reality. So sometimes we'll say, well, why do I need to learn this math concept? Well, you're going to need it in college. This happens really in just about every subject here. You're going to need it in college. And you're talking to eighth graders or you're talking to even sophomores, right? Once you get three years out, like that's really far away. And I can't really see that. I can't get jazzed up. I'm not engaged with that reasoning. So the why is not there for me. But if the why is, as in episode 98, that we're going to clean up this water because it is affecting the water quality right behind our school in the pond that's there, suddenly that's an immediate problem that's really close to me. I can see it and I can be a part of that solution. Now I'm engaged. And then they connected that problem to building wells in Africa to help people with clean water right now. So in the span of four to six weeks, they identified two problems and they were some part of the solution to those problems. Really big part of the solution. They actually paid for the full well and they created pieces for their water. So now you look at the rigor that's happening in the classroom, the academics, the standards-based pieces that we have to bring as educators, we want to bring, and we want our kids to have these skill sets. Now they're engaged in those because they have a real world context. That bringing your why closer to your kid's reality is a really, really important idea that I don't think we talk about enough. The idea of academics for the sense of, hey, you're going to need it in six years. You're going to need it in high school, and then you're going to need it in college. And I'm not sure it's ever really been a motivator. It might be for some kids, but let's admit that most it's not. So how can you bring the why for a PBL unit or for your academic standards? How can you bring them closer to your learner's reality? And the real world problem just does that in a way that I haven't seen anything else do in a simulated way. So we're going to continue to push for authentic problems to be solved, authentic projects presented to authentic audiences. And the more authentic, the more real world it is, the engagement level goes up, which lets us bring up the rigor. That's such a great question, Aaron. Thank you for asking it. And if you'd like your question, your need to know be answered on the podcast, go to whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan. Our main episode for today, episode 99, talks about professional development. And remember, it's couched in this larger conversation of the strategic ideas of bringing project-based learning to your school or your district. We all know, well, I'll tell this story. One of my mentors, when I was a young teacher, after professional development, it was actually around project-based learning. And I said, you know, Bruce, I thought this was really neat. This is actually why I switched from engineering to, to education. Like, this is the kind of work I want to do. And he said, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to wait this one out. I was like, well, what do you mean? I think, you know, principals said we have to do this. You know, we've, we heard the speaker and the whatnot, and we, we got to do it, right? He said, well, if you give it about three years, they'll stop talking about it. So you don't really have to do it. You just got to kind of sit around for a little bit. Do, do what you normally do. Close your door. Do good work for kids and you'll be good, but you don't have to jump on this. It'll go away. And Bruce was a great teacher. He was really good for kids, built great relationships, but he had seen enough of these initiatives come by that were flashed in the pan that didn't last beyond three years that he knew he could wait it out. And we don't want project-based learning to be something that you wait out. We are a part of a PBL movement. We are looking for 51% of schools to be doing project-based learning by 2051. 
And there's no way we can hit 51% if schools are starting and dropping out by three years. So we've got to create sustainable systems. So that's the whole point of this series of how do you implement well so it's sustainable. So we're going to talk about how every PBL leader needs to have three forms of professional development. Now, the first one is you. You need to have professional development around project-based learning. Now, do you have to be able to build a PBL unit for a third grade classroom? Well, probably not. Do you need to know the nuts and bolts of PBL? Do you need to know the why? That would be the biggest thing. I want you to know the why for project-based learning. I want you to be able to talk the talk. I want you to know why it's important for your staff, your community, your parents, your learners. Why is PBL the option in education? Why is it no longer okay to be status quo? So how do you do that? Well, I mean, school visits is one I always push towards. Like, Go see it in action. Go talk to other administrators. Talk to teachers. Talk to kids. How do they feel about project-based learning? Why is it changing their life? Because they'll use that terminology, that their life is now different, that they're doing project-based learning. It's not the same. You can get books. Obviously, PBL Simplified Books coming out in January. It's a wonderful idea. You should grab that. And I've got a cheat code for you. We don't really get a lot of cheat codes in education, I don't think, but I've got one for you. So this whole design experience has been, like, we didn't just make this up, but we had a principal that has run through this similar design experience. We had him blog that. We said, hey, Jeff, would you write down your experience from multiple schools of implementing project-based learning? Would you write that down in a sequential way so that other leaders can see what you did and learn from it? And it is, it has absolutely created a cheat code for us. So we will link in the description or down in the show notes, a link to Jeff's blog. And it's going to take you right down from design days to how we created learning teams to how we went to the whole staff and you'll get his thought process as well. So don't leave today without the cheat code. Go down to the show notes, leave a review, and then make sure you get your freebie. Okay. All right. The second idea that every PBL leader needs to have for professional development is what we talked about in episode 97. We talked about a core team or a leadership team or a PBL learning team. The wording is important, but it's up to you. A core group of teachers, facilitators who can model and advocate for PBL. So it's not just you, one person shouting from the rooftops, PBL is great, PBL is great, PBL is great. Try this resource, try that resource. It's great for kids. But you have boots on the ground teachers talking about the great things that are happening as they implement PBL. So how do you give your core team professional development? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to inspire them. You want to show them why PBL on a passionate level is important for them as educators and for their learners. So start at the passionate level of the why. Get them excited. Have them talk about their why as an educator. And then present, we've got a whole what is PBL page on the Magnify Learning site. Grab some of the videos from there. Grab some of my PBL Simplified videos off of YouTube. Show some of those because you just started your PBL journey, right? So you don't know everything. Lead with that. Hey guys, I don't know everything, but man, look at this. It's awesome. And when we do this with staff, we have a principal. We'll coach that principal of here's how your agenda could look for that first passionate meeting. We see that teachers jump on board. They're ready for this. 
They've been waiting for this. This is how they've always wanted to teach. You're not coaxing them into it this time. You're inviting them in and they're fired up about it. But you can't just be passionate and fired up. You have to be trained. So you do need to give them some solid training. They need to be able to plan out PBL units. They need to be able to receive feedback, get some tuning protocols so that they can start to make their PBL better. And there has to be a way for them to address their need to knows. So let me give you one warning here is that as you're giving professional development, which you need to do with your learning team, you're going to be defining what project-based learning looks like at your school. And since you're doing that, they need to be passionate and trained. So Magnify Learning, we do a three-day project-based learning jumpstart. And it needs to be three days because it's mindset work. Right? If you do a one-day PBL or you just do a book study, it will not be enough. This core team especially is going to be your leadership team that shows everybody else how PBL works. So you've got to be able to have them well-trained. And once you do, it's an amazing asset to you. Because the next group is you're going to offer to your whole staff. The third level is to your whole staff. And I would start the exact same way. You're going to start professional development with your whole staff with the why, the excitement, the passion around PBL. And what will happen is every one of your staff members will jump in, tell you that you're awesome and say, yes, I'll do PBL boss. Of course not. That will not happen. But what will happen when you start with a passionate idea and you show what PBL can do and what your plan is that you have a three to four year plan, not a first day plan and then try it on your own, but you have a real plan, you will get a group of first followers that will jump in and they will join or follow in the footsteps of your core team. And when you get that broad offer, that's an invitation to do more work. It's an invitation to the PBL movement. It's an invitation to you can go to summer training. You can also get trained. Your learners can also have these experiences where they're in the room with public officials. They're learning from engineers. They're learning from the, someone in the medical field, people outside of the school. They're learning different skills that you really can't teach in other ways. And your teachers want that. They, they're going to have questions. But the first group that will step up will be ready for that. So you invite them into that so that they can start to get more professional development. They can go do another school visit. They can read the books. They can do a book study, but they've also have to do a training, a multi-day training. And again, the multi-day comes from really good research, uh, specifically from Stanford that I think we can link that in the show notes too, about you have to have hours in this to change mindset. I think it's 50 hours. So that's why we do online coaching as well. But you've got to have multiple hours. It's not going to be a one day, hey, let's all do PBL. It's just not going to work, friends. And that's why we're talking about long-term three to four strategic plans. But if you start with, and you need to start with, professional development for you, how can you learn more about project-based learning? However you learn, like this podcast is a great way to start. All the videos that we have on pblsimplified.com, great place to start, right? Then you're going to invite in a core team. You're going to do it passionately because education is a personal and passionate endeavor. And they're waiting for something like this. They've been waiting for you to launch your vision and to have a three to four year plan. They want to support that. So don't do this alone, please. It's not sustainable if you do it alone. But if you do it with a core team, 
they'll join you. And once they're passionate and trained, now they can help you lead the movement. Because then you'll offer it to your whole staff. And not everybody's going to take you up on it, and that's okay. Because what happens after the broader staff is trained and they start to implement, they'll see what those learners are doing. They'll see the additional experiences that the PBL learners have and their learners don't have. What happens is by year two, the rest of your staff that didn't jump on at first, they're now asking to be trained. Yeah, that's right. Asking to be trained. That probably doesn't happen every day. Boss, please send me to a three-day training. Right, That doesn't happen every day. But they're going to want the skill sets, the mindset, the resources to be able to bring project-based learning to their learners because they love their learners. They're passionate about it. It's what they do. And now you're really cooking with gas because now you have several levels of trained staff. You've got a core group that's deepest. Eventually, they'll be certified and they can train your staff. You've got a core group that's right after them. They're learning from each other. They're tuning. And then you've offered in the broader category of your staff, you've offered them in as well. So you have these three different levels of depth that can go back and forth and support each other and innovate specifically for your school. And now you're part of the PBL movement, right? That's exciting work because you've got a movement, a grassroots groundswell movement that you're not pulling your staff through. You're not commanding, you're not mandating from the top, these different things. Even if you know it's good, if you mandate it, you know it's not going to stick. But if you can get your teachers on board and they're innovating, they're speaking loudly about these things, now you've got a movement that's sustainable and that can move forward. And you've got something that's really, really exciting and your learners are going to love it. Your parents are going to love it. Community is going to love it. It gets exciting, really exciting. But that has to be a part of a longer strategic plan. So that is episode 99. Where does professional development fit into the system of designing? Don't forget next week, we're going to have an episode 100, our century episode, Carmen Coleman, somebody with a lot of experience in bringing deeper learning into large districts and small districts. She's on both sides and we're going to talk through that. We're going to talk about the leadership side of that. How do you bring deeper learning in so that it sticks? which is what we're all looking for. Thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate it. Make sure that you lead inspired. 